Man, thank you guys. So I'm, I'm uh, again, love being here with you guys. When we uh, had uh, Christmas on a Sunday, last time was 2016. I had been here for, this was my like first full year here, and it was like Christmas is on a Sunday. And I told Ryan, who was the pastor at the time, I said, um, we, we just, uh, you cancel Christmas Day, uh, Sunday service, because like everyone wants to be with their families. And Ryan says, nope, you don't cancel Christmas. And uh, you can cancel a Sunday morning is what you don't do. And, uh, and I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay, fine. And we did it. It was just so lovely. It was just so lovely to be together as a family. And, um, and so this year, we've come with a lot more excitement. My girls have grown into their musical skills a bit, and so we're able to do this well. Um, for me, a family Christmas often just looks like uh, you know, it's gotten less chaotic over the years, but there's still the chaos. There's, there's the noise, there's the sound. And I just, I love the, the hustle and bustle because I think that's what Christmas was probably like on some level. This first Christmas, all we're talking about is a little family, a sweet little family, um, a baby being born, but amidst all this crisis, right? I mean, they were literally in a barn, in a stable, right? And so they're just, there's, there's sounds and there's noise and there's all this marking of uh, a significant event, but with a lot of chaos around, right? It feels like a family Christmas, doesn't it? That's how it works. I think that for me, I, I mentioned this last night at Christmas Eve, but for me, a lot of it was, um, you're, you're trying to like every Christmas recapture some like perfect Christmas. For me, it was like going to my family cabin. We'd go up there. It would be snowing sometimes, not other times, but we're with extended family. And there's something about it that just feels magical. And I, I don't know. It's like part of it's the, um, the presents, you know, that we open and everything. But part of it was just, I don't know, cousins and video games and Christmas cookies. I don't know. But there's something about it that now that I've uh, grown older, you know, it's like, okay, well, Christmas feels like it goes pretty fast, you know, or um, you open the presents and then it's done and then you end up falling asleep or, um, you know, watching, watching Home Alone for the fifth time or something. It's like, it never really like lives up to the expectation uh, that we have for it. I thought of it in terms of uh, a trip to Disneyland. How, how many of you guys have been to like Disneyland? How about how, how many of you guys have been to Disneyland, period? Okay, awesome. Like pretty much everybody here. And we, we got to go, we were like the, some of the last ones that got to go before COVID. We got to go in January, before the, uh, January of 2020. Before that, we used to live down there and my parents would give us season passes. So we got to go to Disneyland all the time. It was amazing. Um, and the thing that you see when you're at Disneyland is you see families just like melting down all over the place, kids, right? And all the parents, so it's like the, the parents know how much they paid to get you into the park, and the kids like are so excited, but also they're just like, they're wild, and they melt down, and it's hard to be that well-behaved all day, and you hear the kids melting down, and you hear the parents that are saying, um, hey, if you don't get it together, we're going to leave. Like, we'll get out of here. And you just smile. As a season pass holder, you just smile because you're like, you're not leaving. We, we could leave, but you're not leaving, you know? We lived like an hour away. And so we actually did one time. I think it was you, Abigail. Um, super, and we were like, okay, yeah, not even dinner yet. We're out of here. And uh, I, apparently it worked because you're lovely now. So... Um, <laughs> But you just see all these, I mean, it's like just trying to hold it together. And, and so it's like Disneyland, it doesn't ever live up to the hype, like sometimes, right? But it, and I think Christmas is often like that. And, but I think, I think this is the whole thing. You, you think of what is the hype that Christmas is trying to live up to. The first Christmas was a baby in a feeding trough. I mean, that's really what it was. And there was, of course, angels announcing and saying how important this was. There were, there were wise men, kings from the east that were coming to like worship at, at this baby's uh, well, you know, maybe a young child's, uh, you know, side here. Like, that's amazing. But the reality was a baby in a manger. 
There's this uh, amazing story in 1 Kings 19. We've been uh, looking at Old Testament passages uh, leading up through Advent. And in 1 Kings 19, Elijah has, um, he's gone, he's like, uh, won this battle against the prophets of Baal and, and proved like once and for all that God is the one true God that listens to his people's prayers. And it's this beautiful high point in the book of First Kings. But then Elijah immediately runs for his life. He's being tracked down. He's going to be killed. And he goes and he's just like in despair and just tells God, like, why don't you just take me? Like what? Like I'm, I'm alone here. And God says, I'm going to meet with you. So go up on this mountain. And God comes and there's this, God is there, like definitely God is there. First, there's this, um, this huge strong wind, this like storm, but it says that God wasn't in the wind. And then there's an earthquake and it says, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there's this fire and God wasn't in the fire. And so you're just kind of getting this picture of all these really impressive things happening, signs of like the fact that God is working and that he's here. Um, but he's saying, no, God's not in that. God's not in that. Where did God show up to Elijah in this cave on the mountain? He showed up in a whisper. Elijah hears this gentle little whisper, and he says, ah, that is the voice of God. And he has this encounter with God in the whisper. I think Christmas is a whisper like that. I think that's so often how God works. Not in the, God does big things. He really does do big things. But Christmas, and and especially like a little family Christmas like this, is such a good reminder that the way God works is often in that gentle whisper. He doesn't often resolve everything at once. He doesn't often fix everything once and for all. What he does is he lets things unfold. You know, there's a story, and the baby in the manger is a part of a story, but God is content to do this really impressive thing that doesn't look impressive, like a baby in a manger, and he just lets it unfold. Even, even uh, you know, just thinking of what, what happened on December 26, if those are indeed the real dates for Christmas. Um, but, but the next day, after Christmas Day, what is Mary left with? A little baby whose diapers she had to change, right? Who she had to like teach not to, you know, put his hands in the fire. All these, like there's a baby that, and, and he lives, Jesus lives quietly for 30 years. Um, not much happens. And, and he just grows. And, and this whole thing is this unfolding story that God is writing rather than a big dramatic conclusion to the whole thing. I, I want to, uh, I want to read to you from John chapter one this morning. And um, a few verses we'll look at. Bruce, could you get me that first slide up there? I don't think my clicker is working. Um, this is John 1. He tells the Christmas story from a different angle. He starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love this picture of the fact that, like, uh, it really is showing us, like, how big God is. Like, it, he's the creator. Like, it's talking about he's the light of the world. He's, he's um, God the creator. This is big picture. And he's talking about how the word, the word is, is ultimately Jesus, we find in this passage. But the word is with God. The word was God. The word is present to create everything. It's echoing the book of Genesis where um, there's this, in Genesis 1, there's the chaos in the world. There's just, you know, God says, let, like, let there be... Um, let there be light, right? And he creates the earth and there's just, there's waters and there's chaos and God just begins his work of creation to bring order into the chaos. Uh, land and water separate, right? Animals, plant life, all this comes and God begins to bring order into the chaos. Um, the idea of Jesus as the word is the idea of he's the one that brings order to the whole thing. He's, he's this creative word that brings order and life into this whole entire thing. It's this big picture of God bringing order and beauty into a world like 
in, in the case of Christmas here, what we're seeing is a world that's in chaos, right? A world that's out of control, humanity that's out of control, that's lost and hopeless. And here he comes bringing light and life. He pictures it like uh, light coming into darkness. That's a beautiful picture. Um, you guys have tried walking around in the dark, okay? And uh, just this morning, I got up early to kind of just pray through some of this. And um, it's been real quiet for the family because I'm like, it's Christmas morning. We'll let them sleep as long as they can. And I'll come downstairs. And then sure enough, at the base of the stairs, we had left the Christmas gifts that we, we did a little early Christmas. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, sorry, kids, if your parents don't let you do that. We did a little early. And, um, and I stepped right on a paper bag full of a bunch of stuff, and it made a very loud noise. Uh, nothing came out of my mouth, I just want you to know, but it was a loud, a loud sound. Darkness is, um, it's my same living room, right? I've walked down those steps and out there all the time, but it's a different place in the darkness because you can't see what's happening around you, right? Think of how the world changes between night and day. It's a totally different place, isn't it? I mean, it's like this world at nighttime versus this world in daytime is completely different, and yet, obviously, it's exactly the same. And I love that reality that John's describing it here as the light coming into the darkness. Same world, right? But totally transformed because what we can do is we can see actually what it is that we're navigating. We can experience it in a different way. There's, there's warmth and there's hope and there's the ability to navigate. There's a, a sense of what's really happening around you that you don't get when everything is dark. And so in this whole thing, we're seeing um, Jesus, God, is everything that we need, right? This beautiful picture of um, the word who speaks everything into existence, the creator who brings order out of chaos, and a light that comes in to darkness. But here's the thing. If we stopped right there, if we stopped with God being everything we need, man, that's beautiful. But so far in the story, he's far off and he's distant, right? He's above it all. He's reigning over it all. He's everything we need, but he's so far away from us. And what I love about how what John goes on to say, if we skip down to verse 9, Bruce, if you, thank you very much. Um, it says this, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth." I love the picture of, okay, here's the word. He's powerful. He's big. He's this light. But the, the reality of it is that he came down, right? He came to be with us. So he's not just the word, but he's the word that came, right? He's not just the word, but he's the word that became flesh. And this whole thing is a picture of, it's not just that he came to be with us, but he came to be with us as one of us too, um, I picture when my daughters were born, like I, I was pretty, um, you guys might know me as a little bit like sappy and, and tearful at times. I was not at all that. And then the first time I saw Abigail's little head, it was like waterworks. And ever since then, it's like, it just takes a good commercial and I'm in tears. Like that's all it takes. Um, and there's just something about for both of my girls getting to hold them for the first time. And you're just like, how tiny, how, how cute, how, how um, dependent, right? All this stuff. And like that right there, that exact same experience is what it was like when God entered the world. I just think that's amazing. That's so amazing that he not only came to be with us as like a warrior descending from the clouds, fixing everything, but he came as just this little baby, just to be one of us, to identify with us. Um, because he's come in that way, like, 
like everything has changed in the fact that God can relate to everything. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you ever experienced in your life, God can relate to you because the word of God became flesh, right? And dwelt among us because he lived life as we lived. Everything we're going to, going through, we can relate to, uh, he, we can relate to him. He came uh, not just to show us the way, but to be the way, to be among us. It is a beautiful thing. I was thinking this morning, it's amazing, you know, um, kids growing up in a lot of different religions in the world learn about how God is great. That's super important. Uh, we teach our kids that God is great. Um, we have the unique opportunity, especially at Christmas, to teach the fact that God is also near and, and that God is actually here. And that is a beautiful, beautiful comfort and reminder. Um, verses 10 and 11, I, I think this is where I want to leave us this morning. It says that he was in the world, the world was made through him, yet... The world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. John pitches it in this way of talking about, um, man, God is everything. He, he, uh, he brings everything to us, and all this thing, he talks about it in the sense of we either receive him or we don't. That word receive is really interesting. I think we have a, a spiritual sense of what it means to receive Jesus, right? Or we talk about um, accepting Jesus into our hearts, and it's actually hard to define. What, what, what do we mean when we say that? Receive Jesus. What does it mean? That's the word that John uses, receive him. It means to uh, take hold of something. It, it means to like accept or welcome in, right? To grab hold of something. It means like if, if there's a package coming to your door, right? If you don't receive that package, the package goes back, right? In the mail and it goes back to the person who sends it. But if you receive it, you sign for it. Now that thing is yours. You've taken hold of the whole thing. And John is saying it like this, man, the word created everything, and he was the light of the world. And this light came into the darkness. And he's basically saying he even came to his own people, to the Israelites. And they didn't receive him. They didn't want anything to do with him. They were saying, nope, that is not for me. God himself coming into humanity. And they didn't want it. But the idea being, we get this opportunity to take hold of him. He's there. He's with us. And so we get to take hold of him, grab hold of him, um, welcome him. I think... The hardest parts of life, I think, uh, in my experience at least, are the parts of life that you have to do by yourself, you know? Um, I have this gift. Uh, I love my family so much, and I feel like often for me, it doesn't matter what hard things I go through, uh, getting to go through a hard thing and then come back to people that love me and accept me is such a huge gift. Um, I think of that as a pastor. Um, it's hard to go through hard things, but I have this like elder team that is this amazing gift to me, and we carry things together. I have a staff team that does that too. I have you guys as my church family. We carry things together, and you know it's so hard in life when we feel far from the pe people that we love. Um, the reality in life is that we often feel far from God Himself. He feels distant. He feels far away. Um, but the reality is, is that he's come and he's here and he's ready to be accepted. He's ready to be um, held onto. It, it's hard when we're praying and we're asking God work and be with me. Um, and to, to know that like, sometimes he lets us feel like he's close. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, but I think it's important for us to remember, especially as if we, we want Christmas to mean something, we want it to feel real to us, to remember that God is a God who tells stories, that who works stories and that these stories unfold, Right? So you might be at the high point. You might be at the point where everything's great in the story. You might be at the low point. But the, the thing I want us to remember is, man, the story unfolds and the story um, goes. And so we might be at a tough part in the story, but he's there. He's working. 
When Jesus came into the world, it was after 400 years where God had been silent. God's people, Israel, had been crying out for 400 years, God, speak to us, show us, uh, be with us. And they weren't hearing anything officially back from God. And then here he comes and God whispers, sends them a baby, right? Almost everybody didn't acknowledge or recognize the fact that God had worked so powerfully as he did in that moment. And so I think the thing that I want to challenge us with is just hear the whisper of God this morning. You know, as we celebrate Christmas, it's just a whisper. That's all it is. It's a gift of a baby. Uh, A baby, you don't know fully what that baby is going to turn into. You know, I had no idea I had two musical virtuosos on my hand when I held these little ones, you know. And I'll tell you, their first, like, use, like, when we got them that glockenspiel, man, it was... uh, it was not fantastic. Uh, they're, they're playing on it. It was just noise. Um, and now, like all this, they're just, they're just, they grow in, there's so much potential there, and there's so much. And so taking hold of Jesus, it's like we don't know fully what he'll turn into in our lives, everything that he is for us, but it's this uh, reminder that he's here. And because he's here, everything is different. Because he's here, uh, when we're crying, he weeps with us. When we're rejoicing, he rejoices with us. When we're lost, he gives us guidance. And it always looks different than we think that it should, than we want it to. But it's always such a beautiful thing. One more thought um, to leave you with. Um, for, for those of us that feel a little bit distant from God um, and, and being like, you know, it's, it's been a while since I felt him. Um, I had this thought. Jesus, Jesus, at the end of his whole life, um, he resurrects from the dead. And at the end of Matthew, he sends his disciples out. And he's, they're going to go make disciples of all the nations. And he says, um, behold, I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. So it's in sending them out that he says, I'm going to be with you. And I, and I thought of it like this. If you, if you ever want to go spend time with either of my daughters, the best place that you could ever go to be with my daughters is to Hardwood Palace over here. It's this big freezing basketball gym, and they're there all the time, okay? And if you want to hang out with me in the evenings, go there as well, because I'm sitting there freezing in this big basketball gym. They love basketball, and they spend all their time there. That's just where they are, right? If you want to spend time with Nathan, uh, go to a great rock climbing spot, Maybe less so now that he's got a kid, but, um, but that's what he does, man. He likes to rock climb, and he loves being in there and doing that. With Jesus, if you want to be where Jesus is, if you want to feel close to him, if you want to feel like his presence is there, go find somebody who needs to be loved because that's where he is. And Jesus says, right, um, go into all the world, make disciples, and I will be with you till the end of the age. Like there, if you're feeling distant, that's my little suggestion. My little encouragement to you is find someone that needs to be loved. And I, I promise you, you can find that even today, right? Um, stores are closed. There's not a whole lot going on. Um, but anyone that you're with uh, could use some of that love. And in that, we find this connection um, to Jesus. Uh, we call the birth of Jesus the incarnation. It, it means that Jesus took on flesh, like that, that word carne is in there. That means meat, right? So the incarnation, it's Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among us. And that whole idea of incarnation is an idea of mission. It's God being there with us, identifying um, with us. And so today, uh, what I want us to do is just listen for that whisper Remember the fact that Christ came. Remember the fact that he promised to come again. Remember that he's working in the world around us. Um, and, and that's, I mean, man, that's really all that I want for any of us uh, this Christmas. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of your son. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came to be with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here in this place and you're working in us and around us. Lord, that you're touching our lives all the time. And I thank you for these moments when we can acknowledge and remember um, that you're here, that you love us, 
that we're seen and loved and known, that we get to live our lives with you in our midst, with you um, graciously by our side, with you guiding and prompting and leading us, with you transforming us. Lord, thank you for the beautiful gift that you are here. Lord, I pray that we would uh, see your light shining in the darkness. I pray that we would offer ourselves to you. I pray that today as we do whatever it is that we're doing um, with whatever family we have around us, I pray that you would just be there and speak and move and heal our hearts, Lord. Give us, give us joy, give us hope, give us peace. Lord, I, I thank you so much for who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.